this is Somebody's Somebody's Gotta gotta Know, a podcast where we have questions and somebody's gotta have answers. Hello. Hello, Hannah. How are you? I am well this recording day. Um, How was your week? It was good. I started a new job this week. It's going pretty well. That's always exciting. Yeah. Hannah has a new office, everybody. I'm a high school guidance counselor now, so you guys watch out. Changing lives, guiding teenagers. (laughs) Something. (laughs) How was yours? What did you do this week? So I started my winter term class this week. It's okay. (laughs) I noticed, I was listening to our episodes, the two that we've put out, and I noticed that I smack a lot. I make a lot of mouth noises, and I'm trying really hard this episode not to do that because I know that that is like that hurts people some people really can't handle that sound (laughs) (laughs) I'm just that's an edit for myself if you don't like we want to make space for everyone here including those who don't like mouth it's called something it's it's like a like a phobia like not a like they're not afraid of them but it like it does something and it's it like is an anxiety inducing like listening to people chew, people who can't handle other people chewing. Mm, That's like a yes. thing. No, that is a thing. Um, I learned this weekend that there's such a thing as a fear of band-aids and stickers. Mm. Like of the adhesive or of the the full what do you do if you get a cut? Don't use a band-aid. I'm assuming you would just are they afraid of tape, too? Tape, yes. Tape, okay. stickers, band-aids. Anything with that adhesive on it. But not glue. Well, glue doesn't... Ha- it's, it yeah. is an adhesive, but it's not, like, inherently as sticky, I guess. I- I'm sure there's more to it. It's just something <laughs> I learned about this weekend. Uh, I feel like there's a name for a fear for any. It was something that we should do. We should do a, yeah, an episode on phobias. Okay, all right. Next time. Phobias with Aaron and Hannah. Did you just forget our names? <laughs> I was going to mix them together. I was going to say... Erna? Erna and Hanrin. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, um, since we're talking about critiques, I have a couple of others for myself. Please share. Um, last week, I mentioned that I had taken a lot of cold medicine. Correct. My body reacts really strongly to cold medicine, and it essentially makes me high. So I kept doing things like... I would tell, oh, I did it again. <clears throat> I'm going to get better about this, guys. I'm going to stop smacking my fucking lips. Yeah, just I take would... a breath. Just, <laughs> just like, take a, like, inhale. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> I would tell you things like, I don't know anything about history. And then I would go, you know, based on what I know about history. Yes. That did happen. Constantly. I think we spoke in a lot of general statements, you know, like you were saying, I'm not an expert on any particular era of history. I but spoke like, out of my ass the entire episode, but you I made did it ask sound me, like... You did ask me, what does the Renaissance mean? I like <laughs> define it. Could you please define the... Re- and I was like, yes, Hannah, I will <laughs> define this 500 to 1,000 year period in But then I history. immediately forgot that I asked you to define it, and I went, okay, so this is true. That's not what I asked for. Well, okay. I I was also giving you a lot of information, um, but please share the rest of your critiques. Do you have any others? Because then I have some for myself. I have one more, and it's because I was listening with my fiancé, Jason. We were going somewhere in the car, so I just put it on, and I said, you have to listen to our podcast for the the first episode. Bold. 
he laughed. He he enjoyed it. I told him that if he really didn't want to listen to it, he could tell me to turn it off and I wouldn't have my feelings hurt. It's not like his thing. And he said, no, no, let's listen. And he said, and when I, I talked about my poop, oh, coming out sideways in the first episode because we were talking oh, about uh, raccoons spitting up your butt. And he said, yes. there are some things that not everybody needs to know. And then I definitely talked about my poop again in the second episode. <laughs> this is, like, who I am. Like, I'm not, this isn't a show for, for our friends across the pod. Like, I do this in our normal conversations. Yeah. And I'm trying to treat this, like, normal conversation. Like, this is friendship. And if you're friends with me, I'm gonna tell you about my bowel movements. Because it's, bi- it's a big part of your day. It changes, it could change your whole week. But you it know? apparently upsets my fiancé that I'm telling the potential world about my poop. <laughs> so those are my critiques. <laughs> Thank you for sharing those. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's important to acknowledge we are learning as we go. We are human um, beings and we will continue to make mistakes. Yes. A few things about myself. <laughs> oh boy, I'm ready. The first is that I say listen. Listen to me. <laughs> Probably 100 times. <laughs> it's, okay, to be fair, in our normal life, I have ADHD. You have to reel me back in. I just think I need another word or I need to do some kind of signal because... You're, you're telling t- me that I need to focus, which is a fair thing given the history of our conversations together. My brain turns itself off sometimes. Yeah, but maybe I didn't need to tell you absolutely everything (laughs) that I had written down about this particular fact. Like, at some point, I didn't even care whether you got it true or false or not. I was just like, I'm going to tell you about this. You're really invested. I like it. So that's the thing. So I listened to it the first time after we recorded it and was like, wow, amazing. We did this. And then when I was editing and I listened to it the second time through. Last week's episode? Last week's okay. episode. When I was listening to it the second time through, I was, I was like, devastated at my own stupidity. That's how I felt listening to it and hearing all the noises my mouth makes. <clears throat> Which I didn't notice, to be fair. I, I didn't I listened... notice how many times you told me to listen. So it's okay. Oh, well then. <laughs> oh, never mind, everyone. It was perfect. <laughs> we are perfect. Everything was right. We're just going to do it again. Something that I think we both need to work on is the the mumbling, though. Yes. Yes. There were a couple of times where I was the one talking and I couldn't tell what I was saying. So we're going to enunciate more and speak louder. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good start. Do you have anything else for yourself? Well, the mumbling was part of it. I realized in the section where I was talking about numbers, I'd be like, and on the island of Rapa Nui, there are 5,347 people. I've noticed about you, though, when you get really into telling someone about something, you get quiet. When you're being serious, your voice drops a level. And I think it's because you want people to pay attention. And if you're quiet, we have to work harder. And it's like a subconscious thing that you do. Wow. So I think that's why. Because you were really into that fact. My note, my other note to myself was, I can tell more we don't have to be so serious anyone who sat through those first two episodes thank you you're a hero special shout out to shelby and beckett who adopted my cat that i had to rehome and listen with him so that he could hear my voice oh that's lovely yeah they sent me a picture they started playing they have like a speaker on their wall 
And they sent a picture as soon as they hit play, he turned to the noise because he recognized my voice. Aww. He's very happy in his new home. Best, best situation it could have been. Oh, I love that story. Well, on that happy note, perhaps we should, should we talk about more happy things? More happy things. I meant like get into the topic. Sorry, that was my really bad transition because we're talking about weddings oh, today. Oh, I, I was like, I was like, and I didn't prep a list of happy <laughs> things. All right. So the topic today, we're going to talk about the origin and the history behind wedding traditions. Wedding traditions. And as we mentioned before, Erin is married and I am engaged. So we're also going to discuss if she did these things at her wedding and if I plan on doing them at mine and what we think they'll look like. And a little, a little bit of why, you know, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Because there's always reason for, for doing or not doing something. Right. And I'm not having, based on what it's looking like right now, I'm not having, like, the most traditional wedding. Like, I'm, I'm wearing the white dress and I'm having bridesmaids, but there's a lot about it that isn't, like, super traditional. So I'm curious to see what we get into. Okay. I, I think this is exciting. I think this would be fun for people. Uh, a part of this is also, I think... We're going to have to address the whole, like, pandemic wedding thing. Right. At least, like, that was my experience. Because Erin was supposed to get married in 2020. No. Yeah? 2020. Yeah. And it got postponed to 2021, and even then it was, like, really pared down because COVID. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Okay. So the first thing that I have to teach you about is bridesmaids, which is actually something that I knew already because I think it's really fun. Um, And fun in a... You'll see. It's it's not fun. It, there's a little bit of, like, protection from kidnappers happening. What? Protection okay. from... But, like, your lady is protecting you from kidnappers? Like, I'm And evil it. spirits. I'm into that. Okay. So, traditionally... Oh, also, I want to say I got a lot of my information from Wikipedia, from Southern Living's website. It's a magazine. And from... Um, it was called, like, bridal.com or something. I typed it all into Google, and I would, like, click a couple links and pick the pieces that I liked. But surprisingly, a lot of it came from Southern Living. Which is interesting, because we're way up in the north. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, so traditionally, bridesmaids were chosen from unwed young women of marriageable age. Bridesmaids are often required to get bob haircuts in some Nordic cultures, which was just like a fun... I didn't go any farther into that. I should have. I was doing this late last night. <laughs> bob haircuts. I would have thought the opposite. I would have thought they wanted would want them to have like... Long hair, symbolizing your health and fertility. Maybe if we have some time, I can do some more Googling on that. All but, right. All right. Put a pin. Put a pin in the bobs. Um, often there is more than one bridesmaid. In modern times, the bride chooses how many to ask. Historically, though, no person of status went out unattended. And the size of the brides, like the amount of bridesmaids that you had, were closely calculated to be appropriate to the family's social status. So if you were in higher social standing, you had more bridesmaids. Interesting. Um, a large group of bridesmaids provided an opportunity for showing off the family's social status and wealth. Today, the number of bridesmaids in a wedding party is dependent on many variables, including the bride's preferences, the size of her family, the number of attendants her partner would like to have as well, blah, 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 blah. So, like, blah, 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 blah. I've, I've been to an, in weddings where there's, like, one or two bridesmaids. I've been, like, my brother's wedding. They had, like, nine on each side. I was going to say, I have, a, when you start wedding planning, it is always a potential that you'll fall down the like Pinterest Instagram wedding uh, wormhole that can just suck up your entire life and um, some of them seemed like armies 
Like yeah. Whole, like, everyone you knew was well, your my, bridesmaid I think or my pictures groomsmen. are going to look like that because I have eight bridesmaids and one junior bridesmaid. So nine total. Nine? Jason, I think, is going to have seven or eight. He ended up not being even, which is fine. I have more friends than him. Just the way it is. <laughs> um, so we had six. Um, Aaron just had four. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was fun because then I got to walk down the aisle with Rachel afterwards and we pretended that we got married. And it was you took the best picture of walking. <laughs> like, Aaron and I just look like, oh, this is really nice. You guys look we like... We were partying. Ecstatic. Rachel, went, Rachel is Aaron's, like, best childhood friend. Yes. Um, and we became close when I met Aaron in college because Rachel would come visit all the time. And she told my fiancé post-wedding that her and I were married now and he just had to live with that. And he was like, okay, that sounds good. I'm really glad that you guys are going to be happy together. Yeah, my wedding was just a place of joy and love, yeah. and you guys were also getting married. Um, I, the bridesmaid question is so tricky, though, now. I mean, I am interested in the mytholo- Oh, There's more mythology, though. Is that what you are going to tell Oh, us? yeah, I have two more paragraphs about it. But oh, my gosh. Wanna, if you want to keep talking, you can. Sorry, that sounded rude. I didn't mean... Like, like if you have more to say, that's okay. No, no. I, well, I have lots of feelings about the there whole were... process in our modern age that I think is way more anxiety-inducing than it ever you needs to be. struggle a lot with the potential of hurting anyone else's feelings, because there was a huge question around who you were going to make your official maid of honor, and you had a long talk with me that you didn't want my feelings to be hurt, that it wasn't me. And I never expected it to be because you have so many other important ladies in your life. But, like, even that that's like this... It's like this setup of oh you're gonna look at all your friends but you're gonna have to publicly in front of all your friends and family you're gonna have to pick one person that is your most important and like i didn't i have why two why should we do that okay yeah, i have you're a right. matron and a maid of honor because aaron's married so she's my matron of honor i'm a matron and then my maid of honor is danielle because i couldn't how am i gonna pick between you guys doesn't make any sense but also like i would never be mad at you no and danielle <laughs> wouldn't have either but i felt like i'm also a very needy person and I'm having a very big wedding. And so having two of you in charge makes sense. Yeah. So I don't stress one of you out. <laughs> this, uh, Danielle and I are excellent at, at dispersing the emotional... Yeah, you guys have done it for seven years. Just distributing the emotional needs of Hannah. <laughs> yeah. um, but continue. Tell, okay. me more, tell me more of the, the kidnapping. So during the early history of bridesmaids, they were tasked with not only attending to, but also protecting the bride from evil, whether that meant spirits or bandits. In ancient Rome, yes. In ancient Rome, it was believed that bad spirits would descend upon weddings, so bridesmaids wore similar outfits to the bride to confound the evildoers. So now the way that we do it, bridesmaids are in it like usually a similar color scheme or matching dress. The bride is in white, so it's very clear who the most important person is. They used to have them all in almost the exact same dress, and the groomsmen would all look like the groom, so that if the evil spirits came in or someone came in to try and kidnap the bride, they wouldn't necessarily know who the bride was. I love this. This is right? so wild. I would have loved to wear your wedding dress on your wedding day, though. It was gorgeous. Aww, thank so you. if we could bring that back and get you again, <laughs> that would be great. Um, just selfishly. Um, blah, blah, blah. Similar outfits. In many cultures throughout history, brides presented their grooms with a dowry of money, furniture, or other riches, which made them targets for robbers. And then parentheses, this little article went, and exes. Oh. 
oh, oh. And so bridesmaids served as decoys so that the bandits wouldn't know who the actual bride was. So when they were walking from their house to wherever they were getting married or to their future husband's house or if they had to go from, like, village to village, they would kind of all... One of the articles I read said that they walked and, like, the bridesmaids surrounded the bride and her dowry so it would be harder to, like, get to her and steal her things. So I love that this is, like, a ladies protecting ladies sort of situation. Yeah. And they're like... Yes, like, be my warrior bridesmaids who will fight off the bandits who are coming to steal my riches, like, But you also, when you, like, now when you agree to be a bridesmaid, there's a lot of money involved, there's a lot of time involved, but there's no risk of you being kidnapped. When you agreed to be a bridesmaid, bridesmaid in ancient Rome, you were saying, if it comes down to it, I will be kidnapped for you. I will put my life on the line. The drama of this is epic. Imagine, but see, imagine... Every wedding being like, we don't know what's going to happen out there, guys. She Be just prepared. To... Put on your white dress. Let's get her married. <laughs> We're going to have to cross the village and hope the <laughs> bandits... But also, like, as I'm saying bandits, I know probably this is not what they were thinking of. I want to know how big of a risk that actually was. Like, how often did people come out and try and steal from the bride? Or was your village happy that you were getting married and this was just kind of an extra precaution? Well, if you read, like, the Grimm's fairy tales, it did make it seem like bandits stealing brides was a big issue. Like, it it comes up quite a few times um, in a few of the less common stories. Um, there's, like, some very violent Grimm's stories, uh, but the, the idea that the bride is something to be stolen definitely is like a theme. I don't okay. know how real it was, but obviously all fairy tales have some... Like, well, we get into a little bit of like a practical reason behind the kidnapping too when we go to Groomsmen, so oh. that might explain it a little bit more. I don't want it to be a practical kidnapping. I want no, it to no, be like a romantic... Like... Well, it's it's romantic and practical. You'll see. All right. Uh, You'll see. You should know in my mind, I can't help but imagine the bandits as these like sexy pirate rogues. <laughs> Like, a Johnny like, Depp. like, here we are, the ladies to stop your wedding. And then imagine the bridesmaids being like, oh, no, don't. Bandits and your bandanas and your beards. We don't want you to come oh near goodness. us at all, obviously. This is, this is turning into, like, um, have you seen Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? You know, I haven't, but you have told me about you it many times. You need to watch it. This is the most ridiculous musical. <laughs> These men... Travel into a village, kidnap all these ladies, bring them back. The snow falls, the passage is blocked. They're there all winter. They all fall in love. Sounds great. It's my dad made me watch it. <laughs> you need to watch it. Um, okay, a little bit more about bridesmaids. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, long ago, the maid of honor was considered the bride's favorite, but this meant she was basically at her beck and call in the weeks leading up to the wedding. And maids of honor were responsible for carrying the money portion of the bride's dowry, putting her at great risk to thieves and other other evil doers. So your job would be the most dangerous. Yes. Great. Uh, nowadays, a maid of don- maid of honor's duties include pre-wedding parties and serving as a point person. Not exactly life-threatening work. Still, just as important. If I had known this, if I had known this, I would have given all my bridesmaids like symbolic daggers. You know. Oh my goodness, I would have loved it if you had given me a dagger. Jason would have confiscated it. I'm not good with sharp things. No, Jason. Hannah gets the dagger. <laughs> next time. Next time Aaron and I get married. Daggers for everyone. The third wedding. The third wedding. <laughs> okay. So that's what I have on Bridesmaids. 
Any more comments, follow-up questions? I did, I read more than I wrote down, so I have a little bit more knowledge in my brain that I can potentially pull out if you had questions, but I can't guarantee I have any answers. I don't know if I have any questions. Comments? This just puts, I, I love this. Like, sometimes when you talk about, like, wedding or marital traditions, a lot of people in our age have a difficult time with some of the patriarchal connotations of weddings definitely how we do them now and i think curious to see or to read how this developed further because i'm thinking how we can't seem to escape like any of the puritan influences in the united states um like one of the really traditional things that people do is the the future husband will ask the father for the bride jason didn't do that because to me that felt like he was asking to exchange the possession of me from my dad to him I'm nobody's fucking property. That upset my parents. They were not happy that they didn't know before the engagement that we were, like, they didn't get a heads up or anything. But I kind of liked it that way. Yeah, I totally understand that. Uh, For us, so Aaron used my grandmother's engagement ring. So the only way he was going to acquire it was by asking, asking for it. Um... But in the whole story, it seemed much more like he, this was in a discussion he was having, like, with my mother. Like, yeah. Which, your mom is the head of your household. In, <laughs> in this family, Lisa's in charge. <laughs> um, which I still thought, I thought I that was cute. I your dad always knows what's going on. <laughs> in, in like a, like a comic relief playful way. Yes, yes. Your dad's a very smart, very helpful man. I just think that Loving, he. Loving, caring person. Goes with the flow and lets Lisa be in charge. Yeah. Which is good. I'd say this is true. We're a matriarchal household. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess I'm just curious, like, to if those things come up as we go along, but I actually really love that the whole bridesmaids thing... Started as protection. Does not feel like that. Yeah. yeah it makes them sound, like, There's, really cool. For some of these, there are explanations on how... Like, this one was more just... It, it kind of morphed into it's just your friends and weddings look different now and we don't have to worry about robbers... But some of them, it explains exactly when the transition took place from what they used to do to what we do now and kind of why and who started that. Like, mm. Queen Victoria is in here a few times. Yes, because of the white wedding dress, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm okay. proud of you for knowing that. I oh, did it. Do, do, do. Okay, let's keep going. We can return to other, other things. So I have less on groomsmen. Um, it's just they don't have as much information, but it's similar. There's a lot of protection from evil spirits. So it says, groomsmen, however, have a much darker backstory. Much of their history revolves around marriages by capture, when her bride was literally captured and abducted from her family. Best case scenario, they were taking her from her disapproving relatives to be joined with the man that she really loved, instead of whatever arranged marriage. So that's like the, uh, what I was saying, it's, it's like a romantic and necessary kidnapping. Okay, a romantic and necessary kidnapping. All right. Protecting her from would-be kidnappers. The more troubling scenario, they were the kidnappers, and it was not to bring her to someone that she loved. It was just, we would like her instead of whoever else was getting her. And in olden times, men just got to take what they wanted. Ah, see? This is where, this is where the uncomfortable things come in. I like the first scenario, though, mm-hmm. where a man is like, the woman I love is being trapped by her family. and Go all get her and his, his friends. All his friends are like, don't worry, bro. I'm picturing... The friends that Aaron had in his wedding party kidnapping you, and it's just the most romantic thing in my head. 
because they're they're all so sweet. They're and they're also sweet, big, sweet large men, in like in like a tall and muscular way. Yes, Where, yeah. Like, they would, and you're very petite and skinny, and they would just toss you over your, their shoulder and run you to Aaron, where you could live happily. Yeah. And I would be there with you. Yeah, you could be part of the kidnapping. Okay, great, the, great. The, the rescue slash kidnapping. I'd I just could, be in charge. You would just be, you'd be present. Um, I, I guess, I don't know, I, I can't, I, I imagine all of Jason's brothers and friends, they just look like versions of him in my imagination. It's sort of. They're all taller than him. He's the really? shortest boy in his family. Really? Um, and both of his brothers have very big beards. So they're exactly right for rescuing yeah. you from a disapproving yeah, yeah, yeah. family. I think Josh would kidnap me if Jason asked him to. It's his younger brother. Aw. Yeah. All right. I- I'm into all this. All right. Um, the next part is that the best man then would stand next to the bride during the ceremony to prevent other suitors from taking her and to make sure she didn't run away. Okay. The second one, not so good. A um, little bit of protection, a little bit of threatening. I'm also, I'm just trying to imagine, like, a wedding and all these people showing up and, like, the bride, like, kind of scanning the audience and being like, hmm, make sure none of these men are going to try and swoop in at the last minute. <laughs> I like to think me. that it would be a very kidnappable bride. You mean that many people would want to kidnap Yeah, her. that they would, not, not that I, it would be easy to do, but that a lot of people would try. It'd be a lot of sword fighting on my wedding day. So during the whole ceremony, like, Jason would just keep, like, <laughs> fighting all these well, men? Well, no, he would be marrying me uh, as groomsmen. Oh, the, right, 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 yes. He'd like have to stay. would be, forming a wall around us. He'd have to stay fancy. We'd be rushing through the ceremony to make it official, so they had, and then as soon as the <laughs> priest was like, and I have W, that everyone else would just walk away. They'd be like, ah, oh, we didn't do it. Oh, fuck. Try next time. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm picturing in my mind. Ah, uh, I just, yeah, weddings definitely are missing the sword fights. <laughs> right? We've made a mistake in our contemporary age, modern age, of, of getting rid of the swords. Can I tell Jason that that's what he should buy as groomsmen? He wanted to get them little belt buckle guns. Like, functional revolvers, but they fit in a belt buckle. Teen, like, teeny tiny. But he was told he's not allowed to purchase that many guns and give them as gifts. That's illegal, because everybody who owns a gun has to be, like, background checked. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's really mad about that. <laughs> I I respect the uh, romanticism of his idea. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he I went to a gun store with him and he was like, they had one there and he said, I actually would like eight of these. And I said, for what? And he went, for gifts. And they went, I wish you hadn't told me that. I'm not getting you eight guns. And he went, <laughs> okay, and walked out. <laughs> I respect him trying. Aesthetically, I'm like, wow, that's okay. I feel um, like daggers though. You can totally buy eight daggers. Nobody cares if you have so many knives. And I would be more comfortable with him giving Jackson a dagger than a gun. Yeah, Jackson is my stepson who is going to be his junior groomsman, for those of you who are not my close personal friends. (laughs) I just had to to define why that concerns me. Okay. Um, Swords, though, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, So then I have both the history behind the bouquet and why we toss the bouquet. Tell me. Oh, wait, we didn't talk about... For both of our weddings, we did group... You you did Bridesmaids and Grimsmen, and I'm going to have Bridesmaids and Grimsmen. That's a tradition that we're keeping. Yes. I was came very close to not doing it, though. Yes. Because... You needed to downsize for COVID. Well, 
No, not because of that. Way before even COVID was in people's consciousness, I almost didn't do any kinds oh, of... Oh, because the, the picking people the stresses pick, you out. The pressure, the, oh, who are you going to pick? How many are you going to have? Oh, if you ask this person, you're going to ask that person. Like, is it mostly family? Is it mostly friends? Who's expecting it? Who's not expecting it? Well, when you ask people, you're essentially asking them to spend a ton of money to be in your wedding. Which is also the other weird thing, because you don't really want to be thinking about that. Like, I... You know, I wanted to ask people because there's someone who I wanted to be standing up there with us, not because you can or can't afford it. Like, that's weird uh, to me. But, and I, tr- I tried to make it so it wasn't... It... Okay, here's the thing. I feel like it doesn't have to be such a big financial burden. Oh, it doesn't. Well, like, I found our... The bridesmaid dresses for my wedding for, what were they, like 80 bucks? Yeah, and they're beautiful. But there were some that I was looking at that were really similar that were like almost $300. Yeah, yeah. I've I've totally heard of people saying, oh yeah, my bridesmaids, if you want to be a bridesmaid, you can either afford the $500 dress or not, and then you won't be a bridesmaid. And I'm like, that's the most terrible thing yeah. I ever heard. Um, I've been in a few weddings, too, though, where there I've had brides ask ridiculous things and say, like, I want you up there no matter what. If you can't afford it, talk to me. We'll figure it out. Which is, I think, the more appropriate way to go about it. It's more appropriate. But, but asking uh, to spend that much money to begin s- with. Still weird. Yeah. I, I, I think. I think. Um, I also don't think the bridesmaids need to be wearing <clears throat> matching outfits. I also think that's something I stressed about and ended up feeling a little bit rushed but if if you are someone and you're like i don't think my bridesmaids need to match and someone says no no they do just ignore them well your wedding day is about you and what you want personally i wanted everyone to match because i have it looks better to me but i've also seen a lot of weddings where people will say like here's a color pick a dress and it looks great yeah or even like here's a color scheme fit within these 10 colors pick a dress and it looks great so I think there's um, room for everybody's stuff. There's a lot less necessary, I don't think there's any at this point, at this day and age, traditions that you need to follow to get married. Whereas no, previously from... there was like a necessity behind it. Right, right, right. When it was just like a, it was a it was social. More religious based. It yeah, was more... a re- it was a religious and social thing, not a we can both be on the same health insurance thing. Yeah. I, Jason asked me today why we had to get legally married and I told him. So that I can visit him in the ICU if he gets injured. Yeah, true, though. <laughs> that's, that's it. Because he, he does a lot of reckless stuff. Okay, we got really serious for a second. Moving on to bouquets. Moving on to bouquets. Okay. So, there are a lot of theories surrounding... Oh, my computer just fell asleep. There it is. Sorry. My screen went black mid-sentence. Uh, there are a lot of theories surrounding bouquets, but back in the olden days... Bouquets were less about color and style and more about function and superstition. Bridesmaids carried fragrant herbs, even garlic, to ward off evildoers. And perhaps to mask their own body odor because bathing was not a daily occurrence. Love this. There's a lot, a lot of these traditions are rooted in protection from evil spirits. I love that you're like, it's supposed to be this beautiful day. We're celebrating this union of of our families and our love. And I don't want the devil here. And we are just, we are going to have to fight off these evil spirits. Like, they are going to be showing up. I love, like, epic battle wedding. Uh, Garlic, swords, yes, continue. 
Uh, later on, inspired by Queen Victoria, who carried a small bouquet of her favorite flowers in her big day, brides and bridesmaids started carrying floral bouquets. A bride carrying flowers has its roots in ancient Rome, um, where brides carried or wore flower garlands, garlands, sorry, believing that flowers signify new beginnings, fidelity, and hope of fertility. In the Middle Ages, strong smelling herbs and spices were thought of to ward off and drive away evil spirits, bad luck, ill health, and help mask the smell of body odor. Often uh, composed of herbs, not flowers, dill was especially popular since being the herb of lust. Its consumption by the bride and groom during the reception was thought to increase sexual desire for marriage consummation. Dill. Dill. Like dill pickles. I'm going to eat so many pickles at my wedding. Oh my god. I wish we had pickles at my wedding. So basically, it's there was a little bit of flowers for fidelity. There was a lot of herbs and spices for evil spirits and body odor. And then Queen Victoria sealed the deal when she carried a bouquet on her wedding day. I'm still stuck on the dill thing. (laughs) Dill? I'm just imagining having garlic and garlic flowers and dill and just smelling like... I think I'd like the smell. I like garlic and dill a lot. I do as well. I do as well. Maybe I'll put some dill in our bouquets for my wedding. Um, yeah. I think that's fantastic. So talk about um, your bouquets, because you did something a little bit different. Like, we had bouquets, but they weren't as traditional. Right. So I, so we arranged them ourselves, and I purchased um, bulk dried flowers. And we did have some herbs in there, actually. We had, um, well, I had a lot of lavender. Mm, It smelled so good. So we had French lavender and English lavender. We had um, tea roses. Obviously, those are flowers. Um, And then I picked a couple kinds of grass, uh, dried grasses with the little seeds. Um, And then... There was some green stuff. I'm looking at your... We also did flower crowns and her... Flower crown is hanging on the wall across from us, so I'm trying to look at it and think of, because it's the same kinds of flowers that were in the bouquets, right? So there's the lavender, the grasses, the, the bouquet had some of the tea roses in it, the crown did not, it's safflower, um, which comes in a lot of beautiful colors. What were the yellow balls? I'm forgetting the name. Everyone, you have seen them, they're just like, they're flowers, but they're... Perfect yellow orbs, like that look like they're dusted in yellow pollen, um, and they're like pom poms. I found it. Uh, craspidia, dried craspidia, yellow, yellow fla- billy balls. Oh, billy balls, billy balls. It's I googled a- it. I googled yellow ball flowers, billy balls, and lavender, and da- and we also had daisies. Um, a certain kind of like small daisy flower. And it was springtime, so these were like springtime sorts of flowers but the the lavender also you guys could have not bathed yeah and you still would have smelled great yeah so i did shower that day but i didn't we were also on a campground you got married on a really pretty campground also by the ocean so if so we i all... feel like if we were all a little bit dirty it would have been okay we're a little salty a little lavender we would have been fine yeah um i'm also probably going to do dried flowers for mine just because the price of getting the bouquets arranged by a florist are really a lot and um i'm getting married in november so fresh flowers are going to be really hard to find to arrange ourselves so erin showed me the etsy shop that she got all of hers from and they're probably going to look really similar (laughs) but you can get i mean there's so many different kinds you can get it and you can you can also dye 
um, dried flowers, and so you can be creative with your color palette. But you talked about using eucalyptus. Well, I'm going to use eucalyptus in almost everything that I do for the wedding. We're going to smell so, so good. good. I'm going to, there's going to be eucalyptus in the bouquets. I'm probably going to put eucalyptus on the tables. The decorations are going to have. I love the smell and the look of eucalyptus more than most things. <laughs> so I'm going to incorporate it into so many parts of my wedding. So there you go. We were unknowingly following the, in this tradition of making everybody smell, smell good. Smell good. Yeah. Um, so that's the history behind bouquets. And then I did a little bit about tossing the bouquet because I've always been kind of curious. Um, and then I'm tossing the garter too. Why? Why? Like we spend so much money on these flowers and a lot of people want to get them preserved. Why are we throwing them away? Why do we do that? So in case this isn't clear, I'm not doing that at my wedding. Nobody, nobody gets to touch my bouquet. It's mine. I did not. I also was like, I'm keeping this. I caught the bouquet at Megan's wedding, and then I was knocked over by a very small girl, and <laughs> she took it. There's, there's photo evidence of me getting it first, and she literally, she was like four or five. Not, shouldn't have been involved in the bouquet toss. <laughs> literally knocked me over and grabbed it and said that she won, and I wasn't going to like crush the little girl's dreams, but I was pretty bitter. I mean, we all knew, though, you were I getting married it. First, well, though. I wasn't engaged yet. Oh, really? Yeah. When oh. Megan got married, I got engaged. She got married in September. I got engaged the end of October. Oh. So we did it now. For all I knew, I was never getting married and that five-year-old was going to beat me. Oh, my God. But then, but so I, I think I know what the tradition is. And if so, then it might have, like, come true. Okay, let's see. Um, the tossing of the bouquet originated in ancient England after the wedding ceremony occurred. Oh, this is a little bit violent. I forgot about this. I like it. More wedding violence. <laughs> after the wedding ceremony occurred, guests in attendance would try to rip off pieces of the bride's dress or bridal bouquet as these were thought to bestow good luck and fortune to those who got one. Due to the harassing, sometimes brutal in nature, of this mob mentality, brides began the tradition of tossing their bouquets in one direction in order to run away in the other and therefore escape the rowdy attendees and leave the wedding in peace. Oh my god. So you'd invite your village to your wedding. And then they would attack you They'd for all good get, luck. <laughs> they'd all get drunk and then say, we're mm. gonna rip your dress and take yeah. your flowers. So she would essentially like, oh. like, a, like a bear with steak, toss it and run the other way. Oh my god. So they could fight over the bouquet. Um, wow, getting married sounds so dangerous. It was so violent. <laughs> uh, throughout time, this tradition morphed into the carefree bouquet toss we now celebrate. Today, the bouquet is still thought to represent good luck and fortune, and the idea of passing that from the bride to an unwed woman has also become part of the tradition. Tradition, um, Though sometimes old meets new when the single ladies of today act as rowdy as attendees of the past trying to catch the luck of the bouquet, like that child, <laughs> who is Megan's niece now. <laughs> Wow. So well, was that aligned with what you thought it was? The violent part? No. Okay. Um, the part where the unwed women think, I'll catch the bouquet for good luck. Yes. I, I always was told the person who catches the bouquet will get married next. Yeah, that's, that's, been, that's been what it becomes. What it became. What it turned into? <laughs> Words are hard. You got it. You okay. got there. Which, like, is also weird that women would be like it has to like i have to be married like this is something yeah. i have to do like it's shameful if i'm not the next person um but you caught the bouquet and i'm getting married next 
Well, I don't know everyone who was there, so it's possible oh. one of her other guests. I know a couple of her bridesmaids got engaged after the wedding. But as far as people that I know that were in attendance, I'm getting married next. We also, though, we, we've been engaged for over a year. That's not a long time. It's going to be two years of engagement before we get married. So even though I was probably the next person to get engaged, I also know a lot of people who got engaged after me and are married already. Everyone, do your thing. Totally. But I think be engaged <laughs> for at least two years. Like It's really taken a lot of the stress out of wedding planning. Like the most stressful part for us is how are we going to afford everything? Mm. But I'm, we're still a little less than a year out from my wedding and I have almost everything figured out. Purchased, scheduled, all my vendors are done. So I think the longer engagement is the way to go personally from a stress level. Well, for the stress level of the planning the big wedding, if that is important to you and you want to do that. um, But I think just to, even if you're just going to go get married at City Hall, I think enjoying being engaged once if you only get married once. Right. It's kind of exciting. It's fun. I do call Jason my husband already. Sometimes. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I play around with the terminology. I'm just trying it out. So far, I'm very pleased. We have bandits, swords, fighting, women. Violence. Protector ladies. We have... Evil vi- spirits. Evil spirits. I'm very into the evil spirits. Crazy exes. Wild mobs. Like, weddings so- are lacking. We're going to continue with the violence a little bit with Tossing of the Garter, um, which is also something I'm not going to do. I feel like it's become this very, it's almost like sexual now. Like the man is supposed to go under the skirt and get it with his teeth. You don't need to do that in front of my 80-year-old grandmother. You don't need to do that in front of anybody. No, absolutely not. And you didn't. And you didn't like wear a garter or anything. No. Yeah. No, I'm totally, I just feel like it's very, it feels a little bit rooted in misogyny to me. Absolutely. It's way too intimate to be doing in front of my friends and family. Yeah. And I don't need something that's been that close to my crotch to be tossed into a crowd of Jason's friends. Absolutely not. Okay, we're on the same page here, but let's learn about why some people do that. I will just say it was funny because I feel like when you're a little girl growing up, you see all these rom-coms and they have weddings or these silly things happen in movies on TV and you see them or... You hear about them, and so you have all these ideas and these kind of weird traditions. But to you, as a little girl, like, that's just, that's part of what happens. And then you talk to guys, and they literally, men, know nothing about nothing what about happens. Nothing about weddings. They know none of these things. I tried to explain this to Aaron. I was like, oh, you know, we're not going to do the garter thing. And he was like, the garter thing? And then when I had to, and I didn't, I knew this was weird anyway, but then, like, voicing it, like, hearing the words come out of my mouth, saying, I, well, the bride sits in a chair, the groom (laughs) kneels down, everyone is watching, many photographs are being taken, and the groom has to go up under her dress. And grab it with his teeth. And everyone is like, ooh, and your grandmother is watching and clapping Your parents are watching. My dad doesn't need to see that. No. It's terrible. Continue. I am a little bit lucky that Jason is divorced, so he did this once before. And this first wedding was very different from what our wedding is going to be. It was just much more casual. But he knows a lot of the stuff that needs to happen. So I got someone who was experienced. (laughs) I'm sure before his first wedding, he had no clue. Okay. Um, So, tossing the garter is 
came from a similar place for the bouquet when the crowd came in there trying to rip the dress and whatever. Um, it originated in either ancient France or England, and the history is also steeped in the tradition of dealing with the aforementioned rowdy wedding guests. After the wedding ceremony occurred, guests would escort the bride and the groom to their chambers to steal the bride's stockings. This was done either as proof of consummation or to throw the stockings at the heads of the bride and groom. It was believed by guests that if they hit the bride or groom in the head with the bride's stockings, they would receive good luck and fertility. To prevent this, the groom began throwing the bride's stockings out the door before guests could enter, ensuring a more peaceful experience for the newlyweds, and over time this evolved into a garter and the garter toss. Because in olden times, too, there was no, like, the bride and groom didn't go to the reception. That was for the guests. They did the ceremony, and they immediately went away to have sex and consummate the marriage. And so the guests would follow them to their room, take items of clothing off of the bride, and then throw them at her head. <laughs> okay, the... The crowd, the hypothetical village crowd... Is a lot! They've gone too far. They've this, gone too far! This is too much. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I have more in here. <laughs> Damn it. We'll have to do a second episode on this because we are almost at the hour mark and I have like six more things that I wanted to talk about. Well, we've gotten through some things to do with the ceremony mm-hmm. and immediately following the ceremony. What theoretically in these more ancient versions of the wedding, what happened immediately after... And the um, violence. The violence. So, less violent. Next, we have wedding cake. Um, and specifically saving... Have you heard about saving the like top tier of your cake? I have. To eat on your first anniversary? Yes. Which I think is just... I don't want your old cake. That sounds, that sounds like it's not going to taste very good. You definitely have to freeze it, and it's definitely assuming that your cake is wrapped in fondant. Okay, that makes sense. Well... In the 19th century, couples saved the top tier of their wedding cake to use during the christening celebration for their first child, which everyone believed would come within the year following the wedding. So it was expected that the year after your wedding, you have a kid. And Um, every kid got christened because Catholicism was in charge. Okay. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) What? Well, it's just... Just interesting, the whole... Well, obviously... You're going to get pregnant the first time. And And that baby's going to survive without modern medicine. And you're going to survive that birth. And so we're going to eat the cake when that happens. Yeah, just all this is, this is bad. This is a bad one. And you didn't do cake at your wedding at all. Well, we did pie. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't cake. There was no tears. It was still a round dessert. You had, um, Rachel bake a bunch of really delicious pies. Yes. But right. I'm gonna be honest, I never got to eat. I got distracted dancing. Well, and I did not eat any pie. Well, here's the deal. Aaron and I m- didn't eat a lot of any of the other food because mm-hmm. we were so busy dancing. And then as everyone else was winding down and falling asleep, like at tables, um, I do remember, I forget who it was exactly. Because I don't think it was Rachel. Like, I think it was someone else who came out and was like, hey, uh, can we eat this pie now? And then all of a sudden everyone like sat up and was like, pie? And then there was like, there was a sharing of all the pies and it was really wonderful. But I, she had made so much and she made so many different kinds and they were also beautiful that I got to have so much pie. Like I got to enjoy it and there was plenty left over. Good. We had a whole, we had a whole peanut butter pie left over in the morning that we had frozen in the refrigerator to give to um, the people running the campground. It was like a thank you. As a thank you. Nice. They were delighted. 
So... And you guys did do the piece where, like, you cut it together and fed each other bites. We did. Which was very cute. And I think kind of hard to do with pie, so I'm really impressed. Well, we had the whipped cream. Oh, okay, yep. Um, so the whipped cream was part of the sharing. <laughs> yep. Um, no, that was... That was really fun. I'm glad we did that. That's a silly that's a silly little tradition of like, ooh, are you going to squish something in my face? And I actually think it's fun. I've heard of brides being like, absolutely do not do this. This is terrible. Like, who wants dessert in their face? And I was like, me. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all by that. We haven't decided what we're doing for our dessert. Um, our venue includes a dessert. They have a couple of options that are all included. And then they have a couple of options. Like, we could do cake pops, but it costs more we can do cupcakes and it's the same price. We can do a, like a three-tiered wedding cake. So we did a tasting and we know that if, if we do cake, which one we'll do, but we haven't. We could do pies. We could do whoopie pies. There's oh. they, there's a lot of options. Well, um, I did tell Jason that no matter what we do, he's not smushing anything in my face, but only because I am paying someone a lot of money to put makeup on me. That's different. And yes. I don't like being sticky. I didn't. I no. did that. Did that myself. Um, I just want to add as a note, as a tip to anyone, regardless of whether you're having a little wedding, a big wedding, you have a wedding planner or not. I mean, wedding traditions, ancient wedding traditions are so fun, but you could have a whole separate discussion about all the crazy, weird capitalist expectations we have of modern weddings but the one thing you need to remember is you just need one person i suggest they have no other job but to get a piece of all of the food that you paid for for your wedding they need to get it at the beginning a little bit of everything wrap it up and hide it so like, that you can eat. Don't just put it in any refrigerator on any table. Like, big sticker that's like, bride, groom, do not eat, private refrigerator, <laughs> it is for you. Well, the biggest thing that I've heard from a lot of people that I know that get married is you don't have time to eat. Well, you don't even realize it. I mean, you're on such a, like, endorphin-inducing emotional high that you're, like, not hungry. Like, you don't get hungry. And, like, when I look at the pictures, like, Aaron and I dance like we did so much dancing and running around like i had people come up Aaron to me played full-blown tag yes there was a, an epic game of tag at our wedding <laughs> that my stepdaughter initiated and it ran so much that she literally fell asleep sitting at the table and i tried to get her to go to the tent to go to bed and she didn't want to leave the wedding but she could not keep her eyes open i take this as a great success that most that a large not a large but a noticeable portion of people fell asleep at <laughs> yes. their table at the wedding. Um, and not, it wasn't like it was 2 in the morning. It was like 10 p.m. and people were snoozing because we had had so much fun and done so much running around. Yes. Um, so Aaron and I were very lucky that there was so much, like, peach and maple lavender and peanut butter pie left for us to enjoy. Um, but if you don't have a best friend who's going to be making... More pie pies than people will eat. Um, save your food. Hide it. Don't let your uncle find it in his drunk wandering through the refrigerators. <laughs> um, Picturing Uncle Kevin. <laughs> no, actually, Liam. Liam would be the one to eat all the food. <laughs> no, Liam, Liam was dancing. He was leaving the dance floor. Um, 
so th- anyway, that's just my tip. My food I am, tip. obviously that's going to be something that you will have to help me with, but we're doing, you did like food trucks where everyone got up and got their own food. We're doing a sit down plated dinner and you're going to select beforehand which meal you want. So I'm hopeful that that helps me be able to eat. But you're going to have staff, right? Are there mm-hmm. going to be, yeah. So I, I would still have someone save my plate. Because sometimes the venue like knows this and mm-hmm. that they leave your table untouched. Um, but they sometimes the staff yeah. don't know and then your food is gone. Um, but anyway, so this... <laughs> this is it. Food is also a big concern for Erin. She has been trying to feed me for all 10 years that I've known her. Nobody is as hungry as Erin is at any given time and she just doesn't believe it. <laughs> Which is why I'm like, everyone needs to know about the food problem. <laughs> She used to look at me and say, do you want a snack? And I would say no. And she said, but if I handed you a snack, would you eat it? And I'd go, probably. And all of a sudden, there'd be like just a single cracker in my hand because she was real concerned that I was never hungry. Yeah, I was. I was. Um, all right. That's a lot about food. Okay, sorry. Next, we're talking about the dress and why it's white. Mm. Um, so back in the 17 and 1800s, white was actually associated with mourning and no brides wanted to be reminded of grief on their wedding day. So they didn't wear white. Um, sorry, I, we can cut out that pause. I haven't read through this. Continue. So I got confused. Um, some daring brides, like Mary Queen of Scots in 1558, made bold fashion statements by wearing white. It was certainly, certainly not the color most brides preferred. Instead, in early church weddings, brides were more likely to wear red where they t- when they tied the knot, and wealthy brides, mostly from the aristocracy, would have jewel... Pause. Did I say that word wrong? Aristocracy. Mm, thank you. I've always said an aristocracy. Well, we're Aristocracy. Remember when I couldn't say archipelago last week? Yes. Okay. Um, from the aristocracy, I'm really embarrassed, would have jewel-toned dresses edged in fur and embroidered in gold and silver to make a splash as they formed their unions. A little fun fact, in 1468, when Margaret of York tried to walk into the church in her wedding dress, it was so laden with jewels that she had to be carried into the sanctuary because it was too heavy. Oh, my God. Dresses were displays of wealth, similarly to, like, the size of your bridal party, um, and bril- brilliantly colored and decorated to the extreme. This all changed with Queen Victoria when she was getting married to Prince Albert uh, in 1840. She was just 20 years old, and she wanted her subjects to know that she was taking the job of queen really seriously and would be prudent and sensible. So she decided the best way with it to convey this message was a sensible and prudent wedding gown. In 1849, Goody's Lady Book, which was reportedly the vogue of the Victorian world, decreed that white is the most fitting hue for brides to wear, noting that it is em- 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 an emblem. Thank you, an emblem of the purity and innocence of girlhood, and the unsullied heart she now yields to the chosen one. Yields to the chosen Those one. Those are their exact words. Well, I have to say this actually. First of all, going back to the idea of ancient weddings and being like, I am so laden with my furs and jewels. You have to carry me and my sword and I smell like dill and garlic. Like, all this is so wild. Well, this was the the dill and garlic was prior to the jewels jewels and Uh, and toned dresses. uh, uh, So it was like dill and garlic because of thieves and then a couple hundred years Brightly colored dresses with fur and jewels, depending on how rich you were. Uh, and then a couple hundred years, and we're going back to white because Queen Victoria said so. I mean, I, I actually, I, I like her. 
in the context of this, it's interesting thinking of like the Victorian period being a time when like sensibility and prudence and hiding and covering up and being wrapped up and hidden and women's purity and stuff became really important. But the idea that she was like, I want to seem like a smart, real person. Who's she was very young. Going to be leading your country and I- I'm not just here to show off and be rich and covered in jewels. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of, okay, Queen Victoria. I, like, I'm kind of into that. Yeah. And then I the phrasing, because I think... An emblem of purity and innocence and girlhood, and the unsullied heart she now yields to the chosen one. The innocence and girlhood thing, weird, and, you know, I say, throw that out the window, whatever. Um, But the idea that you're seeing the woman as being, like, the, the decider of this, and, you know, the groom, he's the chosen one. Like, I yeah. selected him... I have deemed him worthy after much So I'll trial. wear a white dress for him. And I'll wear a white dress to show him that... I'm pure and unsullied. I think more that my unsullied heart. Like, more metaphorical. Okay. Like... Well, it was very much about virginity for a long time. Well, and, like, like the... you carried white flowers. And that was a big thing. I think it's interesting, too, that white was... Um, Associated with mourning, because when my mom got married, her bouquets were white calla lilies, and it really upset her mom, because that's a funeral flower. She was very angry about it, but they're really pretty, and her bouquets were gorgeous. Hmm. This is cool. I mean, I think it's interesting, just general, like, human rituals and what we think is the right thing for whatever time. Well, colored dresses are coming back to a yeah. lot of people. You didn't, your dress wasn't technically white. No. It was like a pinky gold color. Yeah. Which was really pretty. I tried on a pink wedding dress when I was trying on dresses. Mine is white. You looked so good in the, in the dress. white dress. Oh, well, the pink dress, yes. Oh. But I mean, the, like, the, the, like, white dress. Oh, and it is, like, it's not cream. It's not ivory. It's, it's a white dress. Well, the thing about it is that if you can talk about... Make your own choices and doing what's best for you, and it's not necessarily about applying to these traditions and, like, symbols of virginity. Um, a, a white dress is, like, it does draw the eye. Like, it's oh, yeah. very visible. Um, well, and I wasn't planning, like, my goal wasn't to get the, the whitest dress. I honestly thought I was going to go with a more, like, cream-colored or ivory dress. Hmm. But the, it just, it was the one. Well, it's, it's interesting because this, this just in terms of like fashion, like if you just aren't even talking about weddings, but the way different skin tones look and just slight variations of oh, a shade white. of cream yeah. or white is really, I think it's well, it really depends on your undertones. Yeah, yes. And I have, I've been told by the ladies at Sephora who helped me pick out my foundation that I have warm and yellow undertones. Yeah. I'm not a pink person. Right. Yes, I believe them. Like, it, it was very flattering on your skin, the, the white color. Also, ooh, darn, does it matter? Is Jason going to listen to this? I guess it isn't really saying what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, he, he, uh, he may or may not listen. I'm going to try and force him to. We, so we shouldn't go into too much detail about the dress. No, no, we but won't. But I have given him some details. Like, I told him that it has a really plunging neckline. Um, I told him it that does, it has pockets. It does. My boobs look great in the dress. Sorry, Mom, if you're listening. But we also, my mom and I discussed that my boobs look great. My, what is it called? The decla... Oh, décolletage. Yeah, she told me that it's a very nice décolletage, which is, I think, the nice way of a mom saying, look at that cleavage, girl. Yeah. Well, because, like, when you were picking out the dress and we were there with Molly and I was like, 
she has to get this one. <laughs> like, yeah. I went to the same wedding shop three different times and tried on this dress with others because it was like the second dress I tried on in the beginning. I think so. And I didn't want to pick it just because like I looked at like I was like I like it but let me make sure it's the one. I had so and um Michaela was our consultant every single time and she was just the best. She was we the were best. assigning characters to the dresses that I didn't like. If they weren't my dress they became some like like Disney princess characters kind of things. And if I thought they would wear it if they got married today. It was fun. It was all fun. It was a fun time. The best part is, though, my dress has pockets. And I think that more wedding dresses should have pockets, especially if they have a big skirt, because there's room. You gotta carry things. I gotta carry things. Yes, I, I believe this. All wedding dresses should have pockets. I definitely think I'm gonna put nips in my pockets and, like, like Oops, surprise demand people take shots. I'm going to be really chaotic and running around the wedding. Okay. And if I can trick you into taking a nip from me without realizing what it is, like if I palm it, and get, you have to take it. Like, you know, people get ice. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. You don't want to share this. Uh, who listens? More. I think more people are going to listen to this than you realize. Well, However, this, I do love this idea. I think if they're prepared, it'll be more, more challenging for me, which will be more fun. You're... <laughs> You're the evil demon at your own wedding. <laughs> yeah, I'm the evil spirit, so you better bring the dill. <laughs> okay. Um. At Kitty's wedding, Kitty's one of our friends from college, she put those ice drinks around her wedding, where ice, she was icing people at her wedding. Oh my god. Uh, she, Anthony was the photographer, and she iced him. He had to, like, stop taking photos and get on one knee and chug one. <laughs> Oh my god. She did it to her whole bridal party. She had like a head table and she put one in each of their chairs. Wow. It was great. She was targeting people and she was having so much fun. Wow. It's a very, it's a very kiddie thing to do. Yeah, no, you're honestly, you're right. It is. Like I wasn't surprised at all when I saw her hiding them. It's just so interesting, all the things people decide to do. and um, It was very... It felt like a college rugby party, her wedding, and it, and it was. Well, that's because it's her. Yeah. It's her. She's like a fun, bright, vibrant person and wants everyone to feel the fun, vibrantness. Um, okay, more evil spirits. You ready? Yes. We're going to talk about the veil now. The veil's one that interests me because I noticed some degree in, like, arranged marriages, it was used to hide the face of the bride so that the groom couldn't change his mind if he didn't think that she was pretty. But it's more than that. That is part of it. Um, but the veil of the bride has origins in the idea that she's vulnerable to enchantment, so she must be hidden <sighs> from evil spirits. Okay. The Romans veiled brides in flame-colored veils to actually scare off the spirits. Perhaps the most evil spirits, though. Yes? Flame-colored? Like, I imagine, like, bright red or orange. Yeah, flame-colored veils. To scare off the evil spirits. This is so... These sound like the most, like, hardcore rock and roll... A lot of this is is the Romans were very violent. And they were just very... They were like, those demons are gonna come get you, and you have to... I mean, ancient Rome did fall, so... We know this. They may not have... I know a lot about history. And it set set on fire. This is the whole place. But anyway, okay, continue. Um, And then it says, perhaps the most evil of spirits in an arranged marriage was the threat that the groom, who is perhaps seeing the bride for the very first time, won't like what he sees. So the tradition of, like, lifting the veil for the first kiss was so he wouldn't see her until they were married and then he got to kiss her. So he couldn't change his mind if he decided she wasn't, like, up to his standards physically. 
that's icky, for yeah. sure. But men get to do whatever they want, is what we're learning. The Victorians turned that reverence into a status symbol. During Victorian times, when archaic customs were formally incorporated into proper weddings, the weight, length, and quality of the veil was a sign of the bride's status. So again, big jeweled dresses, the most bridesmaids, long, long veils. Royal brides had the longest veils and the longest trains. This is all just foolish and wasteful. So like the cathedral-length veils. Yeah, yeah. You're the richest. Um, in modern times, generally, we have some assurance that the groom has seen the bride and won't be disappointed, and that the only evil... Wait, pause, pause, pause. Did this say in modern times we yeah. have some, some assurance? assurance? There are still arranged marriages in some cultures and in some instances, and you don't always get to meet your husband before you walk down the aisle. But for the most part, we know the person that we're marrying and what they look like. <sighs> okay. And that the only evil spirits will be the ones behind the bar at the reception. I just thought that was funny. A little, a little <laughs> clever. Uh, the tradition has become more of a finishing touch in wedding fashion. It's icing on the cake, so to speak, to pull together the hair and the dress. You did something cool where your you had to get your dress hemmed quite a bit, so you made your mom made your veil out of the scraps from your dress, so it literally matched. Yeah. Yes. Excuse me. And then we got married on the windiest day. And it, one of us, there's a picture where some of the bridesmaids are literally holding your veil out of your face because <laughs> it was so windy on the beach, but I just think it's perfect. I'm, I'm glad you think that. It did make for some dramatic pictures. Um, this, this is another tip. If you're having an outdoor wedding and the tall, the taller person, let's say in this circumstance, it was Aaron. Um, <laughs> cause it is the taller person should be standing so that the sun is behind them. Oh, that's smart. Um, so that you're not blinded. Yes. Or, well, let's actually, maybe it's the other way. Because if the taller person is looking down at the shorter person, scratch this, it's the reverse, because we did that originally, and that didn't work out. Well, I mean, it worked out. We still had a great ceremony, but for much of it, my eyes were closed. Um, <laughs> you want the person who's going to be looking down facing the sun because they don't have to worry about because you were looking up and oh right if you're the shorter person and you're looking up you want the sun to be behind you so you can look upwards towards the sky towards you know the face of the person you're marrying you just want to have someone scope out direction of the sun um and i don't think there's any particular like right or left matters i think a lot of the times like if you're staring at where they're standing, the groom is on the right and the bride is on the left, but I don't think there's any rule. Okay. But that's just what I've witnessed. Anyway, folks, that's my tip. I am not doing a veil. Um, I am going to have a cape, though. Have your cape. It's going to essentially be a detachable train. So I'll take it off at the end of the ceremony like you would a veil. Um, so I won't have to worry about it when I'm dancing and whatnot, but... I've decided... Right, that's enough. You're giving away too much. Cape over veil. I, I've told Jason all this. Oh, okay. I'm not going to tell him what it looks like or show him pictures. He just knows I have a cape and pockets. Okay. You're right. You're right. Everyone will still be, like, gasping in amazement. All right. I'm ready for the next... Okay. It's the last one, and it's um, about the throwing of rice, which isn't super popular anymore. Why do we throw a hail of tiny white rice grains at the newly married couple as they make their way from the ceremony? Oh, quick funny thing. I believe it was my mom who told me... And I might be wrong, so she'll tell me if I am. But I think at her wedding, or maybe a wedding she was at, she had little bags of rice, and someone didn't quite understand, and instead of taking the rice out, they threw the whole bag at her. <laughs> <laughs> I just 
think that that's hilarious. That's part. Of, that was part of the raucous crowd. The, yeah. the, ma- yeah, the yeah. mad mob <laughs> throw heavy bags of rice to knock down the. Well, fry. they were they were like little pouches that you could like. Yeah, each, but everyone got their own. Oh, like a, like a ten pound bag of rice. <laughs> Knock her down. Get her, get her jewels. Get her dress. Uh, fertility, um, which is rice and grain symbolize, symbolize fertility and are a symbol of prosperity. So that's why people mm. do that. The wish was for the couple to have a family, and if your fields had a lot of grain growing in them, you were prosperous. The history and the tradition of showering newlyweds at a wedding with rice, seeds, and grains predate Christianity. The Celts, mighty warriors, that's what it says. We're also an agronomist. Say this word for me. Yeah, agronomist. I'm thinking like agriculture, agronomist. Yeah. Okay. Culture who tossed rice, millet, and other grains to appease spirits and ask for blessings and fertility for the couple. Ancient Romans used wheats. Italians tossed candies. When I first read this, I thought it said candles. (laughs) I was like, that's aggressive. (laughs) But even candies. Like, imagine, like, hard candies being, like... Or sugared nuts. Sugared nuts. Mm -hmm. I'm picturing, like, almonds. They're not too bad of a nut. Yeah, but, like, if they're sugared, they're a little sticky. Like, imagine running away and, like, sticky nuts are, like, stuck to you. (laughs) To pick them off later. Pull them out of your hair. Um... The Polish use rice, but also place coins at the couple's feet to ensure prosperity. And in Morocco, it's dried dates or figs. Eastern India's tradition is a rain of flower petals. I like the flower petals. I, I am thinking about doing little cones of dried flower petals. My sister did bubbles. Um, I went to a couple weddings that did bubbles. You didn't do it. We could have thrown sand at you, I guess. That would have been terrible. <laughs> that would have been so fun. <laughs> that would have been the worst. Um, <laughs> do you know why people stopped doing rice? Have you heard that rumor? Because they were hungry and they needed it, I assume. No, this is like a modern thing. A lot of people stopped doing rice, and I have it. Um, In 1985, a bill was introduced by state legislator... Yeah, I said that word right. Yeah, you got it. Specifically in Connecticut to ban the throwing of rice at weddings. Although Autobahn officials in Connecticut said that they have never read anything to support the notion that rice was a danger to birds... The bill, unfounded by science, set off a widespread negative impact across the nation against throwing rice. The belief persists today, even though subsequent testing on birds proved that eating raw rice doesn't kill them. So there's this belief that birds would eat the rice raw, it would expand in their stomach, and they would die. Like, like their stomach would explode. And what? so people stopped throwing rice because it was a risk to the birds. There is no scientific evidence to support this. There's a law in Connecticut. If you get married in Connecticut, don't have rice at your wedding. This is your warning. Um, and so people have moved on to other things like flower petals and bubbles and other um, uh, biodegradable confetti kind of things. And no more rice. I recognize we didn't have anyone throw anything at us. And it's also like sometimes flower girls would have it like mixed in with their ah, petals. We did have Maeve. We she had, has, like, dried rose, had, right? It was lavender. The dried oh, okay. lavender buds. She had a whole basket. And, and we only did one little package just for her. We thought it would be fun. Dried lavender at that level can be a little pricey to get it. So it's already broken down um, into the little buds. And she proceeded to make a very fancy sandcastle <laughs> with lavender in it. Oh, <laughs> boy. Um, and that's fun. <laughs> she had fun. She had fun. She had fun. Her little fists, I'm sure, smelt so delightful. Good. So good. 
Um, I, that is a tradition that we're not doing. I'm not having a flower girl or a ring bearer. That's, I mean, I think that's okay. It's pretty risky, honestly. You look at these two little children and you're like, I'm going to give you a very expensive piece of jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I've seen too that like the ring bearer, especially if they're very young, they don't, they carry the pillow, but there's no actual ring on it. The best man holds onto the rings. So it's like the symbol of it, but they don't actually have any access to the diamonds. Nobody told me this. <laughs> And I think if I did do it, it would be Peyton and Zoe would probably be flower girls. Zoe's my cousin, who's the same age as Peyton, who's my stepdaughter. Um, but I just didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. It's just it's it's too chaotic to keep young children to get them to walk down a straight line and to have someone keep track of them and. We don't, we don't know enough little kids. Like, I feel like that's a very young kid's job. Like, I was a flower girl when I was 12, and I right. think I was too old to be a flower girl. I think the little riskiness of it is fun for everyone. They're like, ooh, are they actually gonna... I have are seen, they gonna though, make it? There's a lot of TikToks with flower men, and it's like a oh. grown-ass man with a um, fanny, fanny pack. pack full of flower petals, and they're, they're real dramatic about it, and they get their own song, and they tossed and danced on the island, and I, I, we entertained that idea for a little bit. Oh, my picking God. Picking a flower that man. but. I don't think we're going to do that. you got to have the right person. That's yeah. not just... That would be like if we had one too many groomsmen or something, or like someone in Jason's life who was like... Or like a guy... Like if I... Ethan, my brother is marrying us, but if, if I needed him to have a job and I wanted to include him, that'd be like... He would be my <laughs> That would have been his job. Instead, he's right. the officiant, which I think is a little bit more suiting for him. He'll do a great job, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. Wedding traditions. Those are all super interesting. Thank uh, you. It's, it's wild to me how adventurous getting married used, used to, to be. be. It's not, like, it's still an adventure to decide to spend your life with someone, but not as dangerous, I think, for the most part. Right. I will say, just as a note, um, getting married alone in the woods with no one else there is also great. Right, because you eloped first because COVID. Because COVID, yeah. That was really cool because we got to like spend as much time in our vows as we wanted to and you, a lot more intimate. It's a lot more intimate and then I liked that we exchanged our written vows without being like do I want my whole family to hear this? Or We're debating not? how to do that. Jason's not um he's more of an actions than a words person. Mm. So I don't know if I can convince him to write vows and be sappy like that with me, especially in front of everyone that we know. It's, I mean, Aaron and I can be pretty sappy. And even still, like, even just doing the more, I'll say traditional in the sense that my aunt read something to us and we repeated it. Um, even doing that, you get all shaky and nervous. Yeah. Um, so I have heard, and I think this is quite cute, but I like the idea of couples who exchange their vows, like, privately. During the first look. During the first look, or before I've, I've thought about ready. doing that, because we're going to do a first look, because I want to do all the pictures before the ceremony, mm. so that we're not spending hours afterwards trying to gather people, um, just because of how big our families are in the wedding party. So I've thought about during our first look to have, like, a private, intimate moment. Yeah. Like, reading a letter to each other. Yeah, I was going to say, even if he, you know, sometimes saying things are hard even just exchanging little letters like there are ways to to express your feelings in a way that is private we i joke with him all the time because he like i said he's an actions person so his love language is acts of service 
So I tell him constantly how much I love him, what I love about him, why I'm happy to be with him. And he says, okay, and thank you and kisses me. And then he'll like, like he bought me special expensive mats for my car because it's winter here and put them in for me. And he'll like clean it off before he goes to work and he'll come home with my favorite wine and he'll fold my laundry for me. Right, that's but his he way. He doesn't of... use any words. I have no idea why this man is marrying you. <laughs> because he loves you. Yeah. I tried to get him to tell me, um, and so he'll give me, like, little pieces of information. So one time he told me he's marrying me because I have friends and he needs those. One time he told me it's because I have a nice rack. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm gathering piece by piece, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I like that this isn't preventing you from moving forward. No, no, no. I told my therapist that I tricked him into it, so it's good. <laughs> See, I like this. Yes, you tricked him. Tell him I'll bring the angry mob. <laughs> That's perfect. Please bring me up. I have um, my old boss and supervisor told me, she's coming to the wedding, and she told me that she would be the bouncer. If anyone got too rowdy, she'd make them leave. Oh, well, not Aaron, though, because now I'm going to suggest that he dress up as a bandit. Well, he did tell me that he's going to be the me of my wedding, yes. which is going to be hard if I'm planning on being chaotic as well. No, if you're cha- if you're already planning your chaos. own chaos, I I did give him some rules so that he doesn't, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't. T- well, he might take it too far because he's Aaron, but I I told him that that's okay, and he's decided to start studying me. The last time we had a conversation when we all went out to eat, he was like copying things that I did, preparing for his job. I can assure you I don't think Aaron would do anything to to affect the success of any... I got in a fist fight with him at your wedding, so... What? <laughs> you didn't see that? Him and I fought. Like, it was, it was playful and fun, and, and we were both willing and active, consenting participants. And I had to tell him to stop because he started to actually injure me. But, like, I, <laughs> I initiated it. He doesn't very know strong. how big and strong uh, yeah, we, we brawled. arms are. You brawled. Over. I think it was actually the, the night before when we were setting everything up. Oh. But still. Jack witnessed it. Oh. Oh. Anyways, yeah, that's, that's, that's weddings. That's yeah. one of my favorite things. People tell you later, they're like, oh, I loved this thing at your wedding. And you're like, no idea that happened. I really thought that, you, that he had told you at least that we fought. No. Okay, well, now you know. I like to get into fistfights with Aaron, and I always end up stopping them because he is too rough. I'm fragile. Yeah, but you also instigate. Every single time. No, he's, he's never started it. I start it every time because he knows better. Yeah. But if I suggest it, he's not going to back down from a fight with me. That sounds too serious. This all <laughs> sounds way too Fight Club for me. Anyways, um, next week I think might be our first week with a special guest is the plan. Special guest. You guys might get to meet, well, here, Aaron. Yeah. Who we've spoken so much about. We have to still confirm with him, but that is the plan. Um, yeah, until then. Well, let me just add, you can listen to this now. It's on Spotify and it's also on Google, uh, Google Podcasts. And by the time you listen to this, it should be available on Apple Podcasts. Do you want to share our Instagram account now? Oh, we made an Instagram. I forgot. That's my job, and I forgot about it. It's, um, oh, what even is it? It's SGK underscore podcast, I believe. Somebody's got to know. You should look it up and check. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, please hold. Yeah, it's SGK, somebody's got to know, underscore podcast. So check it out. Um, Hannah's posting fun things there. I'll be posting, Uh, um... 
as the episodes come out, I post a little picture and do a little blurb. And I'm sure that as we get going in this, there'll be in between things that I'll post about us too. And obviously Instagram Messenger yes. works um, as a place to reach us if you feel so compelled to if do that. If you need to correct us on anything, just... We want we want to know. Like if we really do screw something up, we want to know. We want oh, to be able yeah. to correct it. Just just don't be mean to us because we will cry. Um, well, and that'll be on you, buddy. That'll be on you. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> until next time, drink your water, take your vitamins, and be safe. We love you. Friends? Friends. Friends. Okay. That's it. We're out. We're out. <laughs>